0: Hello, I'm Michael Swaim, and welcome back to Tales from the Pit. This week, I got to speak to Hazel Thornton, the number nine juror from the Menendez Brothers murder trial, to discuss the trial and her experiences serving on the jury. This is part of a planned trilogy about the Menendez Brothers. The next episode will be an interview with Bob Rand, who is their official biographer and was a primary source for the recent Law & Order special about the case. For now, let's talk to Hazel. I very much appreciate Hazel coming by and sharing her experiences. But first, the comedic intro. The jury system evolved in either the 10th century in ancient Rome or the 12th century in Europe, depending on how you slice it. At either time, the punishment for a guilty verdict often, by our standards, ranged from barbaric to being flayed alive, depending on how they sliced it. And I bring this up because, along with democracy, private property, and looking directly at eclipses, the system of justice by which a jury of your peers, or European male landowners, determined your fate in front of a judging body, is one of the oldest societal traditions that remains intact to this day. It's the sharkroach of systems, and one we often take for granted, but you know who doesn't? Lawyers prosecutors and defenders because a system as old as this one, as you might expect, has been game to hell by now. I mean it's shark roaches and ladders up in here. Doesn't make a lot of sense. But this is a thought that has often given me pause. Is maintaining a millennia's old tradition, when it's failed us so many times and is now so far removed from its initial intent, worthwhile? And I'm talking about achieving true justice through the trial system, not democracy. Is there a more fair way to administer justice? What is justice? What is fair? What would a different system of crime and punishment or crime and rehabilitation look like? How do we get from here to there if we haven't done it in 2000 years? One good step Uh, it seems to me, would be to update the language. Aristophanes wrote the play The Wasps in 422 B.C., and it was, wait for it, a satire highlighting how broken and flawed the jury-based justice system was, a comedy about red tape and frivolous lawsuits, about how tired people already were of a system that prized punishment and politics over rehabilitation and common sense. The play features a guy trying his dog for stealing some cheese, persuasive lawyers whipping juries into emotional frenzies without enough intervention from the judge, and verdicts coming down more to political realities and courtroom maneuvering than the truth. Sound familiar? More than 2,000 years ago, These themes were already old hat, and that's before hats were old hat. So, if one little podcast can't hope to change the system, let's at least try and learn from the past. Here are some choice Aristophanes lines on the subject of justice and an accompanying translation for modern audiences.
1: Let each man exercise the art he knows. Translation. Players gonna play. Men of sense often learn from their enemies. It is from their foes, not their friends, that cities learn the lesson of building high walls and ships of war. Translation. How are we going to find the loopholes and technicalities if I don't take advantage of them?
0: You're welcome. Now, back to my Twinkie defense.
1: This is what extremely grieves us, that a man who never fought should contrive our fees to pilfer, or who for his native land never to this day had ore or lance or blister in his hand. Translation. The defendant has had an easier life than yours. Doesn't that kind of make them guilty?
0: Or make you want to vote guilty anyway? Because that would make my job as prosecutor a
1: lot easier. High thoughts must have high language. Translation. Hey, dude, you ever think like (laughs) you ever think man, like, like
0: what if there were just like no lawyers, man? The world would be like Uh,
1: (coughs) better, probably. You will never make the crab walk straight. Translation, crabs make good lawyers. If you cannot afford a law crab, one will be provided for you. Your dream stinks of a tanner's yard. Translation, I smell bullshit. To invoke solely the weaker arguments and yet triumph is an art worth more than a hundred thousand drachma. It's the plural of drachma.
0: Translation. Who dares me to say meow as many times as
1: possible during closing arguments? This is going to be awesome. Full of wiles, full of guile, at all times and in all ways, are the children of men. Translation.
0: Oh, so that's where Children of Men comes from. I knew it sounded like a reference. God, I am going to sound so smart
1: at the next party I attend. If a man owes me money, I never seem to forget. But if I do the owing, I somehow never remember. Translation, I am an asshole. Only by being suspended aloft by dangling my mind in the heavens and mingling my rare thoughts with the ethereal air. Could I ever achieve strict scientific accuracy in my survey of the vast Empyrean? For had I pursued my inquiries from down here on the ground, my data would be worthless. You see, the earth pulls down the delicate essence of thought to its own gross level. Translation Someone get me off of this goddamn planet. You have all the characteristics of a popular politician. (laughs) A horrible voice, bad breeding, and vulgar manner. Translation. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States of America. The love of wine is a good man's failing. Translation. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for the Honorable Brett Boofpuke Kavanaugh. Dividing up the body politic is horrible. Translation, how
0: dare you boil justice down to simple tribalism. Everyone who agrees doing that makes them the assholes line up behind me.
1: Look at the orators in our republics. As long as they are poor... Both state and people can only praise their uprightness, but once they are fattened on the public fund, they conceive a hatred of justice, plan intrigues against the people, and attack our democracy.
0: Translation, elitist liberal thinkers are ruining the country, and that's why I have to keep all the money. As you can see, it's for your own good, and
1: if you disagree, you're a terrorist. Under every stone lurks a politician. Translation. Seriously, though, we should probably pile stones on top of most politicians. At the outset, I will prove to you that there exists no king whose might is greater than ours. Is there a pleasure, a blessing, comparable with that of a juryman? Is there a being who lives more in the midst of delights, who is more feared, aged though he be? From the moment I leave my bed, men of power, the most illustrious in the city, await me at the bar of the tribunal, and the moment I am seen from the greatest distance, they come forward to offer me a gentle hand that has pilfered the public funds. Ah, but they entreat me, bowing right low and with a piteous voice. Oh, father, they say, pity me, I beseech you. Why, the man who thus speaks would not know of my existence had I not led him off on some former occasion. These entreaties have appeased my wrath, and I enter the courts firmly resolved to do nothing that I have promised. Translation: Jury duty rules. You can
0: totally say that you're not gonna vote to execute someone, and then totally do whatever you want anyway, and no one even knows. It's basically nuts. You're
1: welcome for my civil service. Comedy, too, can sometimes discern what is right. Translation. This was a good bit. I'm a genius. There's no art where there's no fee. Translation. And don't forget to check us out at patreon.com/smallbeans to find an engaging community
0: and plenty of bonus content for the low, low, low low price of 1, 3 or 5 dollars a month. That's less than a cup of coffee especially if you pour it on your lap and then sue the chain that served the coffee to you for the coffee being too hot, which was actually the lady had a viable case if you look into it. But, you know, it's become emblematic of frivolous lawsuits. Anyway, of course, all of the above is just my rant and does not necessarily represent the views of my guest, who is, again, Menendez Juror Number 9, author, blogger, and all-around delight, Hazel Thornton. Welcome to Tales from the Pit. I'm here with Hazel Thornton, who I'm very lucky to have in the studio, which is what I call the dining room area of my apartment. Um, Thank you so much for being here, Hazel.
2: Thanks for inviting me.
0: Oh, well, mom's sort of got together and set it up, but I'm absolutely thrilled to have you. I
2: told her, is he doing this just because you said? She told me that and I
0: felt really bad. No, No. absolutely not.
2: She claimed not. Um...
0: Hazel is obviously, I assume, registered to vote because she was the number nine juror in the Menendez brothers' case.
2: I guess that would be a good proof of it. And
0: uh, yes, I've been, full disclosure, fascinated with the case since I was a child um, because my mother was interested in the case and I followed it as well, played chess by mail with Eric while the trial was going on, stuff like that. Got a little insight into the situation, Um, but I'm sure you have much more that and I'm happy to have you here uh so i first want to ask because this can't be the first time you've been interviewed about this i'm sure
2: no but i have the feeling that these questions are going to be a little different
0: i hope so because i don't know what's the point of things that have already been said but uh i do want to know maybe so i can tailor that way what what are you always asked like what is what are people mostly focused on just the details of the case or what
2: usually the details of the case what it was like to be a juror but you know 25 years ago Mm -hmm. it was all about you know why didn't they leave and the the details right and and now it's more about um you know what was it like and that people are more open to me because Mm -hmm. of the way i voted as opposed to despite the way i voted sure which was for manslaughter not murder
0: gotcha and so I guess I'll go the traditional route in at least one sense, because everyone has the experience of going in for jury duty. 25 years ago, were you someone who was like, ah, I have a life going on, this is annoying. And then I just wanna know how that sort of built, cause that must've been quite a moment to realize like, wow, this is a very serious case.
2: Well, the first day I had no idea what I was in for mm-hmm. until near lunchtime. And somebody said, because uh, we hadn't been called for panels yet mm-hmm. and we we were we were assigned to panels and we knew that we were coming back after lunch to um, be on a panel but they hadn't said what for somebody said it was for the Menendez case and I'm like well how is that even possible that happened years ago right. what I thought that had been settled I thought everybody knew that they were greedy rich boys who had killed their parents in their Beverly Hills mansion Ah, there we have it. Yeah. <laughs> and but after lunch we went into the courtroom For voir dire, and sure enough, here comes Eric Menendez, Mm. and my blood went cold. Yeah, and
0: so you came in definitely buying the optics of like, like you were scared to be around him. That's that's all I had ever heard. Yes,
2: I'm looking at a murderer. That's all I knew. Yeah, from the media. Yeah, for four years. I think
0: that's still the case for a lot of folks, which Mm. is why this could be a useful podcast.
2: You asked if I was annoyed by being on jury duty. Yes. Well. So, um my first thought was, oh my god, there's a cold-blooded killer, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then later it was more like if I got picked for this jury, where would I have lunch every day? Um where would you know, where would I park? Where right. would- <laughs> and um as far as I have a life going on, mm-hmm. actually I was in a very good position to do this. I mean, oh, okay. I was I was on jury duty for 7 months. Yeah. And
0: right, that's insane in and of <laughs> itself.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I didn't know it yet that yeah. I was going to be on Jury Duty for seven months, but um, I was in a good position in that I was single. Mm-hmm. I had no children to take care of. Mm-hmm. I had I had a career. I mean, I had a full time yeah. job, and but it was for a company which was Pacific Bell at the time. Okay. Uh, I worked for the phone company. Bell. as Bell. As, <laughs> as did many of the jurors. Many, yeah and they either work for the phone company or the post office or um oh, or they were retired I wonder if that's
0: true in like the nationwide jury pool
2: I'm not sure but I'm guessing it is because large companies pay for people to go on jury duty right yeah and they can afford to do so mm-hmm. and then the retirees of course aren't you know if they get picked and yeah. don't claim hardship you know they can do it too but they're they're not putting somebody on a jury for 7 months who t- for whom it's going to be a hardship okay so I wasn't worried about that. Well, right. I was a little bit worried because, um, but it turned out that nobody at work gave me a hard time in any mm. way. I got my full salary the entire time. Great. I had to hand over my $5 a day. Sure. But- that's, that's, that's a sweet. <laughs> it's a lucrative gig.
0: Jury but it, duty. It,
2: but it, it worked out that way.
0: Yeah. Um, that immediately launches me to my only other like jury specific question, which is, uh, I do think life sort of boils down to like the mundane or quotidian often. Um, and you were describing being like, well, where am I going to eat lunch? And that's been my experience with jury duty. Obviously I've never had such a momentous case before me, but uh, i w I'm wondering in the deliberation portion, a, if everyone sort of came in being like, I've seen the evidence, I know the case cause it's such a long trial and I've made up my mind. Or were there people who were persuaded back and forth and back and forth and b. In TV and film, I think we see so often some kind of clear structure in the jury deliberation aspect, and I'm just wondering how that boils down to like twelve strangers with different personalities. How does it boil? Like, how does that end up affecting the tenor of the room?
2: Well, as as you know, it was a very long trial. It was a month of deliberation. A month of um, jury selection.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs)
2: Five. <laughs> I didn't know that. Just yes. the selection. So, so I didn't even know. Ooh. Yes, just the selection was wow. a month. Um, five months of testimony mm-hmm. and an entire month of deliberations. And one of the things that the judge admonished us every day to not do was to talk about the case. Not amongst ourselves, not with anybody.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And... So that's how I started keeping a journal. That's how my book happened. Uh, okay. My book is called Hung Jury, The Diary of a Menendez Juror. Mm-hmm. And the reason I was, we, we kept notes in the courtroom. All of us did. Right. And every day they would take our notebooks away from us and hand them back to us the next day. And at home, I would go home and I would write kind of like the highlights of the day, or the things Mm -hmm. that were on my mind, or the things that were troubling. or And that's how I dealt with the stress of the trial. Mm -hmm. And by the time, to answer your question, by the time we had heard the five months of testimony, it was pretty clear how everyone was leaning, even without talking about the trial amongst ourselves. Yeah. Um, And yet
0: you discussed it for a month.
2: And yet, yes. yes. And so, I mean, you could tell... Like if if the if the guy next to me was rolling his eyes when Eric was testifying and you know closing his notebook and throwing it down on the ground, uh, that was a pretty good clue that he might not be buying Eric's story. Right. For example. Yeah. And so by the time we got in the in the jury deliberation room, ready to deliberate, mm-hmm. ready to talk about it, yeah. we made the mistake, I think it was a mistake, to have a show of hands on the first count, which was. Murder, Mm -hmm. murder one of Jose, yes or no. Mm -hmm. And immediately all six men raised their hands for murder. wow. And all six women raised their hands for manslaughter. So there was an obvious gender split from the get-go. Do you feel that was something
0: that the lawyers in the month of jury selection like tried
2: to coach it to happen or... Oh, I know. I do not think that anyone coached that to happen. I think the think prosecution wanted a murder conviction and that the right. defense wanted a...
0: But I'm, what what conclusions in the intermediary time have you drawn about, like, what does that say about the quintessential nature of men and women or what? What is, well, that? What is that?
2: Well, yeah, what is that? And the, at the time, I'm thinking, surely this is not indicative of all men.
0: Just like all men are bloodthirsty or what? <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and even the men on the jury... We're not the same as each other. They all had different right. reasons, th- different things they believed or didn't believe. Mm-hmm. Like like there was only one of them in particular, for example, who said, I wish my father, I, I, wish, I wish Jose, my father was like Jose because my father never attended any of my sports events. Okay. So he was jealous all of right. that.
0: Interesting. All o- right. Other
2: people are like jealous of their money. Other yeah. people don't are not buying the psychological evidence. There's Um, an old saying I think
0: is very wise, which is you can't really be jealous of someone unless you'd switch lives with them. So is that guy going to switch lives with Eric or Lyle? I doubt it. Yeah.
2: So, so the conclusion I've, there's no conclusion. It's not all men. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Hashtag not all men. There you go. Uh, Okay. Um,
0: But that is certainly notable. I don't pretend to know the answer, but that's something to mull over. Um, so I'll ask, because I think for a lot of our listeners, especially, especially our younger listeners, I think they may just know that it's a really famous trial and there was a law and order thing about it. Mm -hmm. Um, what were the key things? And I'd love sort of, because getting into your head and trying to empathize with you during that time, I'm wondering Did it always feel momentous? Did you feel like part of history? Did you feel the weight of deciding someone's fate? I'm sure it's all these things. Were there moments where it was just mundane and you were just doing your job? You know, what did it feel like? It is all of those things. Yes, okay.
2: At one point, I thought, I don't know if I want to be involved in this because I don't want someone's fate in my hands. Either
0: way, almost. I mean, it was a death
2: penalty case. Right. And we weren't to consider the penalty phase while considering guilt but that's just human being exactly (laughs) exactly so um so people always go into jury duty saying oh i I never get on a jury because you know my father's a policeman or whatever their reason but they don't know you know they have they have attorneys on juries and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. lay people like me don't can't really guess what's going to get them on or off of a jury so Uh, At least that was my opinion. So I decided, you know, I'm just going to answer the questions, kind of like let the chips fall where they may, Mm -hmm. and not try to influence it one way or another, Mm. because I didn't really think I could, so might as well tell the truth when asked questions. And by the time I was selected, I had reconciled myself to the the notion that all I had to do, I I really wasn't deciding Eric's fate. Exactly. What I was doing was I was paying a, attention to the prosecution's story and the defense's story and all the evidence and what made sense to me. What what makes the most sense and and following the judges orders Mm -hmm. and instructions so it it, so it's more like an assignment i can do this you know i don't i don't have to have an opinion in fact i'm in fact we're instructed to not form an opinion Mm -hmm. until we've gotten all the evidence so i felt better about that by the time i was selected
0: and i think most people serving on a jury do want to do that i don't know philosophically in the metaphysical sense if it's fully possible um if you've had any contact with material to not have some opinion but you try to set it aside. Right. You know, that's a conscious decision. And
2: that's what Void Air is all about, is to try to, you know, figure out who's got a hidden agenda. You know, who's going right. to have a f- strong opinion and not maybe be admitting it under mm-hmm. question, you know.
0: That's, I think I've always gotten knocked out of jury service because I have, because I'm a trope. Like, I have very clear, extreme political ideology. Yeah. I mean, it's not coming out now. I'm a nice guy, but... Like, I like they'll call me for jury duty and I'll go, well, I believe that the justice system should be completely abolished and rebuilt. I don't think it serves the community. And they're like, <laughs> well, get out of here. You know, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, but I do want to ask, so you describe a character change, which is really interesting to me. Um, and I think you touched on something very important, which is that the optics of this case are very much uh, and I think the prosecution fostered this intentionally. Look at these guys who are spoiled. They objectively are in terms of money and coming from a rich background, etc. Um, they probably just killed their parents for money. You know what I mean? And I definitely saw that everywhere. Uh, there's been a lot of work to like, discuss the whole complexity of the case. And I'm just wondering at what point you felt changed are you someone who changes their mind easily or is open to new ideas? And I know that's a hard thing to be self objective about, but.
2: Well, I, I, you know, just because I'd heard that in the it's news. It's hard to
0: change your mind. That's well, what I'm getting at. How'd you do that?
2: Well, yeah. I, I had that opinion because that's what I heard in the news, mm-hmm. but it's not like I watched the news every day and read tons of articles and had had an interest in the case and right. had, had decided. I, I didn't care. Whether, whether or why they killed their parents, I just... You had, uh, just had heard of it. So so yeah. I was like, okay, well, if that's not what happened, tell me what happened. Right. So that wasn't really a problem for me, no. Okay. Just, just to say, okay, well, I guess I was wrong. Tell me what happened then. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, and ultimately arriving on your decision of feeling the manslaughter is just, I'm wondering if that, did that come down to like a processing, like you said, of, well, the judge told me this, these are the rules, and that's yep. what I arrive at? Okay.
2: Yep. There's a. I've only because I feel
0: like a lot of people could easily get into like, but I passionately feel this is justice, so I'm gonna do whatever that is, you know.
2: Well, Leslie Abramson tells me that that's why she picked me. She knew I was gonna be analytical because mm. of my background, okay. Because of what she knew on paper about me, I've got an engineering background. Ah, I've got, you know, I had didn't have any strong, you know, political or any strong opinions about this case, mm-hmm. and she, and she thought I would be. Um, you know, not emotional about it, and there was nothing in my background that would predispose me to, you know, really believe one way or the other. She was
0: banking on logic being persuasive. Exactly, yeah.
2: <laughs> and and she wasn't wrong. Now, at this point in my life, I'm a professional organizer who, who one of the things I do is I create. What I call clutter flowcharts, mm-hmm. and I and I, I use them with my clients um, to help them declutter their homes, and I sell them on my website. Well, it finally occurred to me I should make a flowchart for this Menendez case, mm. and uh, you know the the sad thing is that I wasn't didn't think of that you know 25 years ago. Sure. Um but we discussed it for a month. You know, there were no uh-huh. there were no nuances of the chart that were not discussed during the
0: Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Is deliberate? It, did it no. bring new things to life it did you not a Doctor bring Dr. House moment? You're like, did, oh my god. It didn't
2: it's no. They okay. did not change anything the fact that twenty five years later I created a chart. But, but it's satisfying but, to but, but it you does, as it's an satisfying I get to that. me. And also <laughs> yeah. it's helpful to for people who are still like they're new to the case or even old to the case mm-hmm. and they're like, I don't understand how you could not convict them of murder, I'm like, well, let me show you on my chart how,
3: uh, how nice. I erri- yeah.
2: arrived at the, and it has totally to do with the judge's instructions and, you know, what the evidence was and it's, right. S- I simplified it as much as I possibly could in order to show people how they could reach their Is verdict. this
0: available online as an image? It is. Okay, well, it's, we'll, it's, we'll post that when this episode okay. comes out because I think that's really It's on my
2: website, menendezjuror.com.
0: Gotcha. Um... Well, what is the, let me ask this, what is the focus of that website? Is it of simply the to it's, explain your experience, or do you have an agenda of any sort? Uh,
2: well, if I had an agenda, it would be to educate people about the case. Mm-hmm. And to keep the fact in people's minds that Eric and Lyle have been in prison since 1990. Right. You know, it's not, it's not, it wasn't even after the, um, the, the murder convictions Mm -hmm. were in 1996. Yeah. And so people, people, people date it from then. And it's not, it was years before that.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, this is my two cents, which I have the prerogative to do as host, but, uh, and please speak up if you disagree or why I'd be very interested, but, um, In the broader scheme of justice, it seems to me that what's useful for society is even if you're arguing there are people that are dangerous enough, they need to be removed from the population, I can buy that. Um, Certainly rehabilitation is more appropriate in most cases because we've seen that it can work, and when it works, everyone wins. Um, But I think a key component is what's the odds that this will happen again? if someone's With them, a career that's what i mean if someone's won't. a career drug dealer They're, and you you have to calculate the odds well if they, will they keep poisoning the community what are the odds these two men who are driven by a childhood of abuse to finally commit a like a passionate murder in the moment of people they knew well in this like almost shakespearean drama you think if you let them out that's going to happen again you I know what? I, like, what's I do not think the streets them? are
2: safer with Eric and Lau Menendez this is, off the streets.
0: That's my main argument with people: is look into the details of, ca- of the case and just decide if you think, "Oh, are we? Sa- we need to be protected from them from that recurring." Well, that's not really an argument.
2: And so, and so, there's that. What you just said, and there's also the fact that people don't understand because how would they know um, how completely different the two trials were? The first trial had two juries one for eric and one for lyle Mm -hmm. they were both hung and uh, mine was famous eric's because of the gender split and and speaking of i mentioned that um i was logical and not emotional Mm -hmm. well that's not how it got reported in the news afterwards Ah. we were the women were i was
0: gonna say you are a woman after all (laughs) the the hysterical gender the, the
2: women were called um Leslie's girls and Eric's women and it was not a compliment although I'm proud today to be one of Leslie's (laughs) girls and we were considered to be we were we were assumed to be in love with the brothers I like that face you're making (laughs) it's it's very recent
0: that I mean the Me Too movement's very, very fresh. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> so, Only 15 years ago, you could really get away with a lot more. <laughs> so, so we were in
2: love with the brothers. That's why we voted right. for not murder. Um, we, oh, In fact, it was reported that we had wanted them acquitted. Well, nobody mm-hmm. wanted them acquitted. Mm-hmm. Every single woman voted for manslaughter. That yeah. is, That carries quite a stiff penalty. But if they had been convicted of manslaughter, they would have been out, you know, 6 to 10, 15 right. years ago.
3: Yeah.
2: And... Um, they so we were in love with the brothers. We were vote, We must be uh, voting emotionally and right. not logically. It's
0: your nurturing nature, right. As an engineer, right, that we, drives you to do this, right?
2: We were fooled by the the pastel sweaters and the, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we were um, too stupid to understand the judge's instructions. Your words, not mine. Right. That's what was reported about us, and we were. Uh, here's the one thing they got right we were enamored of leslie abramson and her arguments because you know what she's she makes a lot of sense she made she made she made far more sense than did the prosecution Mm -hmm. what can i say that's the whole point of the trial is whose story makes the most sense
0: what was reported about the men that they voted to convict and that's fine yes (laughs) everybody
2: was behind the men right because everybody all they knew was a greedy rich kid's story and they yeah. and that's what the men conformed to. And mm-hmm. I believe that the men were um, very conscious. You said, you asked me earlier, did I think this was like a momentous thing? Well, I did because of the fact that it was a media frenzy right sure and there were cameras in the courtroom and it was shown on it it, it was gavel to gavel on court tv and mm-hmm. there was media out on the lawn there was there was a seating section for 12 media inside the courtroom every day but there was wow. i don't know how many 100 200 right, waiting outside no in a building nearby oh, well okay. well there was there were some outside too mm-hmm. but but everyone else was watching a feed in another building ah. nearby mm-hmm. and the men this is my opinion that they felt the pressure to convict because that's what macho men do and that's That's what this that's what society that's that's what society expected of them and and so people don't realize how different the second trial was the one of the differences was that well a few of the differences no cameras in the courtroom Mm -hmm. um the judge reversed many of his decisions about his rulings about mm-hmm. what was going to be allowed in this trial and what wasn't. And so, the heart of the first trial, which was the family life and the abuse of various sorts, people got hung, hung up on the sexual abuse, but there were many types of abuse and neglect. And um, he did not allow that in the first, in the second okay. trial during the guilt phase.
0: Do you feel, I feel, from getting to know you a little bit that you'd be a good judge of this was the judge rather impartial do you feel
2: oh heck no okay so the judge had (laughs) agenda issues yes yes the judge had um political he 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 had had a long string of losses he and the da combined Uh had had a string of losses that they were bound and determined this is we're going to get a conviction so they also
0: needed the conviction because Mm -hmm. that's like your scorecard for Mm -hmm. if you're the da okay Mm -hmm. Um, let me ask how, so obviously you're still invested to some degree in the case, you have a website, you're here talking about it. Uh,
2: I didn't talk about it for 20 years.
0: Okay. Well, we're very honored, (laughs) Uh, but I do, I want to know about your inner life in the sense that what drives that? Is it, are you a person who just feels like this is a continuation of my duty that I was given and I'm going to see it out? Or uh, are you ready to open up and show us the deep well of emotion within you that drives you?
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I have a deep well of emotion. <laughs> That's an acceptable answer. I'm just
0: here to learn about you. Okay. Um, You're not the first engineer I've met, so I get it.
2: <laughs> well, so so I so my book was published, and, and it was you know it's a whole story how it got published, but mm-hmm. and it's in the book the story. Mm-hmm. And what happened was so that that took. Um, uh, like a year after the trial ended to get it published. The Menendez case was considered the trial of the century at the time. Right. And my book and the first and the second trial was were completely eclipsed by the next trial of the century, which right. was OJ.
0: Yes, of course. Yeah.
2: So, when my book sold out, I it was not reprinted. And up until that point I was doing interviews and in fact I was speaking at colleges and different mm-hmm. law um conferences and things right. like that to educate people about what really happened. Yeah. I guess the engineer in me wanted to uh you know explain I, I wanted to justify myself by explaining what, to people what really happened that's and not. I am
0: asking, do you, yeah, did you do you feel like in your own personal case, did it come from more of a place of like no, you just don't understand. Yes, we did to too understand. use our
2: logic. And we no, we were not in yes, love with the Menendez exactly, brothers. Yeah. And <laughs> yes. Interesting. Okay. Totally. Right. And and I mean, like, if that's what people thought and I was there and it's wrong, I, yeah, I want to fix that. Right.
0: I, don't <laughs> quote me out of context. I want to, let's set the record straight. Okay.
2: So so I did that until the book sold out and nobody cared anymore because of Simpson. If I did,
0: it was warming up the press. Oh, my God. Right? Yes.
2: <laughs> and then I, um, after a few years, I moved to New Mexico from California mm. and still no book. And I wasn't even thinking about it every day or anything. And I mean, what was I going to do? Say, hi, I'm Hazel Thornton, you know, owner of organized for life and the, and the author of an out of print right. book about the controversial first Menendez case. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's not, that's no way to start. a
0: Here's my card. Right. It's large. <laughs> right.
2: And so I didn't, so nobody knew that I had met, I've met hundreds of people since mm. I moved to New Mexico and none of them knew. And so what happened was in the fall of 2016, there was a big, huge case in New Mexico that I was called to jury duty for. Oh. It was the biggest case, one of the biggest cases ever in what? New Mexico. Lightning
0: strikes twice. Uh, That's quite, uh, <laughs> I think the statistics on that are pretty rare. Yeah.
2: Well. I, it was the James Boyd trial, which is the homeless man in the Sandia Mountains who um, was shot to death by yes, two police officers, right? which, see, even you've heard I of. I remember that, yeah. It, when, I, when I have a slideshow. When I show that, I don't even have to tell the New Mexico audiences mm-hmm. what it is. I just have to show the slide that oh, they've, that they've the seen on TV. Oh, the picture famous, yeah. And, and uh, uh, so I was called to and jury. And you ended up on that jury? I you did served? not end okay, up on the jury. gotcha. But I was in the jury pool. hmm and and there were a thousand people in that jury pool, and and uh, I fu- I eventually got off. It wasn't like the first day or the se- or the second week. Or I- eventually, I got a off. A
0: month long, yeah.
2: And I was so relieved to, to get off that jury duty that I posted on Facebook. Oh, I'm so relieved to be not picked for this trial. So
0: where did that relief come from? There's an emotion. Uh, the
2: re- there's, <laughs> there's an emotion. I guess it came from. Oh, thank God I don't have to do this, go through that all over again. And who knows how long that it was only going to probably be a couple of weeks compared to seven months. But still, I did. Who who wants that? Pressure? But in some way, you do yeah. still
0: remember the Eric trial as like a trauma or a, yeah. a difficulty, a hardship. Yeah, it was.
2: And, and then I thought, you know, people are always trying to get off jury duty. I don't want them to think that I'm like that because <laughs> they don't know. These people on Facebook with me now, they, they don't know that I was a Menendez juror.
0: I was just in the jury pool living in the LA area with Craig Ferguson, the late night talk show host. And all he said was, look, I'm Craig Ferguson. You're not going to pick me. Like, just let me go. I got a show to do. And I was like,
2: Oh, I had to write. I don't
0: like this vibe. Yeah, that's,
2: that's (laughs) not fair. Yeah, he should do his duty. Um, So but I wrote a letter I said, actually, I said, I'm not trying to get out of jury duty. I just think you should know who I am. You know, that Mm -hmm. I wrote a book. That my verdict was unpopular. That could certainly that, ping
0: a lawyers. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't want her I then. just don't
2: want you to find out later. That's all. And uh, so so I posted on Facebook the next I came out as a Menendez juror on Facebook mm-hmm. the next day. And it was right during that same exact time when my publisher, who I had literally not heard from in 20 years. Yeah. Called and said, "2020 is looking for you," and I said, "Yes, I know. I already turned them down. Actually, I hadn't turned them down. I just hadn't returned their phone call." And is this
0: surrounding the sort of law and order? Like no,
2: what? actually, this no? was the year okay. before. This oh. this was surrounding. Whenever I get calls, I get calls, you know, every few years because sure. there's a lot of Menendez anniversaries Mm -hmm. they love an anniversary and you know 20 years since the actual killings you know 20 this this period of time right now is 25 i've got a facebook uh series going of my own Mm -hmm. called 25 years ago today where where i take an excerpt from my book so is the trial
0: happening now but 25 okay we're in the midst of it now we're in the midst of
2: the 25 years ago today and but in the fall of 2016 it was 30 years since the murder convictions. Right. Okay. That's why 2020 was looking for me. Mm -hmm. And I told my publisher, no, no, I, I, you know, I'm not going to do 2020. Um, And this is the reason I didn't talk about it for 20 years. There was no more books. There were no books. And it's just too hard to talk about. It's like, it's like talking politics and religion. It's like, you don't know how people feel about it. And who wants to argue about the Menendez brothers?
0: I also wanted to ask, uh, after you came out, so to speak, did, like, new friends in New Mexico, was there anyone who was like, I just have to say I really disagree with your decision in no. the trailer? Okay, people were supportive. That's people good. People
2: were supportive. A lot of people, like, don't remember, or they were just... What, or at, at least the, time, the human
0: decency thing of, yeah, like, you were doing your right. job. I'm sure you did your best. And, and yeah. at
2: the time, when I was on jury duty, my the people who knew me personally... Um, they pretty much took my word for it that whatever happened in the courtroom that I said happened happened. Like they don't, mm-hmm. they didn't have a problem with me either. know
0: you to be smart and logical. But was, They're like, was, I'm sure you did whatever you thought yeah. was best. Yeah. Good. So that
2: was cool. And but I wasn't sure what other people would think who didn't right. know me at the time. So um, so I told my publisher, no, it's too hard to talk. I mean, I, I didn't tell them this. This I stopped talking about it because it was too hard. You can't sum it up in a soundbite. Right. And if you can't say go read the book, you just left with a lame sound bite, you know, or right. a, an unfinished conversation. Cause well, it's, it's I thought,
0: too- you know what, you should see a chart I have at my home. Yeah, right, yeah. right. And I didn't
2: have the chart yet.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: and, and it wasn't until the next year. So so my, so my publisher said, okay, if you do 2020, we'll reprint the book. And I said, well, if if I do 2020, if you reprint the book, you have to include these two essays that I have that were never <laughs> <savvy>. published. <laughs> Good for you. So they did. Nice. And so then they republished it, and I did 2020, and I thought it was over. Then was the whole law and order to do.
0: Yes, which I'm happy about, because um, I'm empathetic to the brothers. Uh, and yeah, Dick Wolf seemed to be like, for Dick- the for the most famous case of the century... The general public sure doesn't know the whole second trial level and all that, and I feel like they should, so I was mm-hmm. happy with that series, yeah.
2: Well, Dick Wolf changed my life. Oh. He, he he doesn't really know it, but he, uh, on August 3rd, 2017, he made a public statement, because prior to this date, I was dreading the Law & Order series. Mm-hmm. Um, I did know that my... Um, well, I, call, I now call him my my partner in true crime. Um, <laughs> his name is Robert Rand, and his his book, The Menendez Murders, yes. just came out. And he, I knew that he was. I heard that he was a consultant on Law and Order. So I mm-hmm. asked him. I said, Bob, what can you tell me about this series? Because I was ready to dread it because I had never seen previously a news report, a documentary, a dramatization, anything that was sympathetic or that th-
0: even added nuance instead of taking it exactly. away. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Or or and he said, "Well, it's based on my unpublished manuscript and I am a consultant." That's true, but I'm not the only consultant and I don't have script approval. So, I guess we'll find out. Right. Oh boy. So, when yeah. di- so on 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 uh, August 3rd, 2017 dick wolf made a public statement that says i think the menendez brothers got too harsh a penalty and that there was collusion in the second trial between the judge and the da to ensure murder convictions and with that one statement i'm like oh my god Mm -hmm. because that's what i think yeah and that's what i had not heard all those years from anyone with a voice at the highest levels of authority yeah yeah, at, yeah. At, well authority i mean he's got he's he, i don't know if he's got authority but he's Not got a new but official he's, system but, credibility. but he's got a big voice yeah right credi- exactly credibility is a good word for it
0: people are you he kind of did give you a sound bite you can point to and go like look just watch the show or whatever and so yeah. from
2: then on i was all law and order all the time
0: <laughs> oh, they, dun, dun. and
2: and re- and tonight tonight's the night uh-huh. that i mean i i would i'm rooting for edie Falco to win and, an Emmy for
0: she did a fantastic job. As I was, she I was all ready to hate her. I mean, yeah. I love
2: her as an actress, but uh-huh. I also love Leslie Abramson. And you know, oh, you
0: are ready to be disappointed. It's yes. like I've read the book. I've met I, Leslie Abramson. I, I, I yeah. was I
2: was ready for the whole show to be prosecution biased, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. And it took its time. It took eight episodes. It really does take that long to tell the story. Right. And um, so I'm rooting for her to win an Emmy because I thought she did a fabulous job. I think
0: she did too. And
2: the hair. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and from then on, I have, I've been living in a bubble of people being sympathetic and encouraging mm. and grateful and... I mean, you
0: know, both oh sides are God. still out there,
2: but... yeah I know. The haters <laughs> are totally still out there. Well, I
0: can't... You made me, like, try to imagine being someone who voted to let OJ go, which is now certainly the minority opinion... I don't think I would tell new people I met. Oh, yeah, I voted to do OJ. out. Yeah, I think I'd keep that to myself. You're right. Um,
2: but now I can't shut up about it. <laughs> good. Great. Well, it's always good
0: when someone's speaking their truth. And um, so, so
2: you asked about my website and if it yes. has an agenda. It's just it, people, it's, it's a way to answer questions because people ask me. Now that I'm talking about it, mm-hmm. people have more questions. So I'm yeah. like, oh, here's a link from my website. You can read more about it. Um, it's a way to keep. Um, the the injustice. It's yeah. it's unjust the way the second trial went down. Mm-hmm. And so there's, I mean, if for anything to happen differently, I mean, they they were convicted of life without possibility of parole. Right. Which means no possibility of parole. Right. Yep. <laughs> but, but miracles happen. And there's another chart on my website. It's called mm-hmm. the Menendez Miracle. Mm-hmm. And it's, got, it's a Venn diagram where the three circles, one is new evidence, mm-hmm. one is new laws, and mm-hmm. the other one is the wherewithal of the family members and the legal team to you know make something happen yeah and where the three circles and there's really more to it than that like the whole legal system but who
0: happens to be governor if they have a political exactly. reason to make a splash exactly et yeah
2: so where those three circles overlap the little tiny spot there that's the menendez miracle mm. which may never happen it will take a miracle
0: well that is this podcast network's official stance as well that, uh, that I, miracles happen oh that we hope for miracles to happen but certainly that it's one of the most high profile instances of injustice uh without saying that violence or murder is ever what we want to end up manifesting but uh i believe if you look at all the details and it's easier for me to say if someone who's gotten to visit with lyle in prison and sees them doing all kinds of like rehabilitative work meditative work
2: oh my gosh training therapy
0: dogs for the other prisoners it's like you think these guys are a threat they need to be behind barbed wire fences it's really just doesn't seem right
2: even lyle's facebook page which is administered by a family member um really what it is is a um support group for adult survivors of abuse yes
0: and so they're doing a lot of great work um they strike me as two guys i haven't interacted with eric very much at all but certainly lyle strikes me as someone who's really inspirational in the sense of thrown into this world making the best of what's in front of him and i think he could do a lot more on the outside so that's our stance um thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and time with us i know you took some notes we're rounding up on the end but i do always ask people uh, cause I talk a lot, I get excited. Was there stuff that you came that was pressing to say that we didn't get to?
2: No, I think that was really good. I mean, um... The, the whole past year has been kind of like therapy for, more, for me talking about it as opposed to 20 years of not talking about it. Yeah. And so, thanks. How much do I owe you? <laughs> and if anybody. We'll won- settle that off, Mike. <laughs> and if anyone wants to know more, just go to MenendezJuror.com.
0: Yes, that was my next question. And the name of the book, one more time, in case people are writing it down now
2: Hung Jury, The Great. Diary of a Menendez Juror.
0: All right. Now, Bruno and Carl, come extract payment. well thank you very much hazel thornton this has been another tales from the pit thanks for listening